Hello and welcome to Hummingbird, a weekly podcast with April Lee Janes and Jessica Outram. Today's episode is about what brings you joy? What is joy? What brings us joy? And what brings joy to others? A really big part of our show is thinking about what makes your face light up. So that's where we're going to go today. So let's start with the word and the idea of what is joy. It's a big word, April. I can tell you what brings me joy, but it's really more about I'm feeling the joy. Because what brings me joy can be all kinds of different things. It's the moment that the paint runs right on a picture or... It's the laughter with a grandchild or something like that. It's not anything we can force. It just happens for me in that moment. And I can't plan for it. I can't make it happen. It just happens. And I, that's part of the joy of joy because it surprises us, I think. And I'm curious to just kind of, you know, push a little further here and put you on the spot a little bit because we're getting to know each other a little now and, you know, why not? Is joy the same thing as happy? Like if we were to take the words joy, happy, and content, how would you, would there be a spectrum there of the same or are they very different ideas, do you think? I think they're really different ideas and that came home to me one time I was talking to a friend. Her mother had just passed away and she had spent a lot of time with her mother doing the last caretaking that her mother required. And she told me it was the saddest time, but it was the most joyful time because she and her mother connected in a way that they had never till they realized there was a limit on their time. And that really got me thinking about these things that we we might call joy. They're really just about fun, but the relationships are, I think, the root of where the joy comes from. We get hungry for it. Like now in COVID, when we can't be together, I haven't seen my children and they're adults, but we, and we talk all the time, but I haven't physically seen them in over a year now. And I miss them. And I missed the fun and the, and the joy that we had when we got together. So I think that's one of the things we're missing in COVID and what people are struggling with is that joy doesn't happen maybe quite so often as it used to. Yeah. I wonder too, just as you were talking, it reminded me of the phrase, follow your bliss. And it made me think of looking at joy another way too, how we're living in an age where we're encouraged to follow our bliss, to build a life of joy. And yet we're in an age of that, but in a time where there's so many barriers. If you like to travel, you like your family. (laughs) If you like going to the theater, it seems that a lot of the, the ways that we access that joy in the past, we have to now be creative about how we work around it to build that feeling up for us. And I, I also wonder, you know, joy is such a powerful word for me. It, it really, to me, is, is right up there with the word bliss. To me, those words are very similar to me, joy and bliss. It would be an uncomfortable place to be all the time. I think if, if I really were to do what the pop psychologists say and the self-development books say around living joy, I wonder just for me, if that would be like living every day at 10 out of 10, would that become less joyful over time? And then oh. would my would I then want more and more? And then I start thinking about, yes, what is joy and how do we define it? But also how much joy am I entitled? 
entitled to here? Is that a lot to ask for? And I wonder, how do we dream of a life that we want that makes our face light up in a way that is reasonable for the reality of what life so that's, a, that's to me, <laughs> just when you were talking, some big, some big thinking that I had, because it's very easy for me to define fear. It's very easy for me to name fear, to know what it's like in my body, to notice it when it's happening. And joy sometimes is, it sneaks up on you. Mm -hmm. You might be like, yes, like last week at work, I was having a conversation with a staff member and we had come through the other side of a challenging situation. And I felt this rise of heat move through my body. I was like, what is happening here? Is this a hot flash? I don't know. <laughs> and then when I really paid attention, it was joy from having worked through a challenging problem and gotten to the top of that mountain with that issue and the satisfaction that that can bring. And it didn't last the whole day, but by golly, that moment was just, it was incredible of overcoming something and landing somewhere like, like our hummingbird landing somewhere and feeling what that felt like to have my feet on the ground, knowing the hard work had paid off and we got there. So that brings my next question, April. I'm just pummeling you with questions here. Is joy something that you can demand or earn? Or is it one of the surprises of life? I think both. You use the word satisfaction. And I think that's a big element of joy. And that requires sometimes work on our part. It requires us showing up, doing the work that needs to be done. Like my friend with her mom, she had to show up and it wasn't easy. And sometimes it wasn't pretty, but there was huge satisfaction in for it. And that I think is the root of the joy that she found. And I think joy just surprises us. It just sometimes we're just doing something or just hanging out or, and there's just a moment of joy that happens that you just realize, yeah, this is it. I remember my grandma saying that happiness was so fleeting that when you noticed it, you really had to stop and pay attention because it would be gone in a little bit. So there was something there also about contrast that you talked about. Could we see joy if we were on the mountaintop all the time? And no, I don't think you could. The air gets a little thin up there. <laughs> and I think of everything in color as an artist. If I just paint things in all one value, all light values, the picture is pretty boring. It's pretty insipid and you can't, actually you can't even see shapes and things unless you use shadow and darker values to bring them forward, to show their contours, to help you appreciate the light areas in the painting. I think it's a great metaphor for life. We do need those areas that maybe aren't so easy to get through, but they just make you appreciate the other side of it so much more when you get there. And the other question was, is it something I'm entitled to? I think joy is our birthright. When you look at a baby, they're not unhappy. They're not angry. They're not, I mean, they might be bawling and red-faced, but they haven't, <laughs> they haven't learned all of that fear and all those other things that get laid on us as we grow older. Their world is pretty simple. You know, I need eat, I need, I need to change, and I want to sleep. Oh, and I love seeing mom's and dad's face above me. That's their moments of joy, I think. Seeing mom and dad's face light up. And that's something, there's a great TED talk about does your face light up when a child walks into the room. The research behind how much that can give because it's contagious. So joy then is, is also something you can give to someone else through a smile. Yeah. 
And you know what? It's not even have to be your own child. I mean, as a teacher, I know you know that. I have friends who live up the road from me, and they have the most adorable little granddaughter. She reminds me a bit of Shirley Temple. She's just got this, I don't know, there's just something about her. And every time I see her, I want to just run up and hug her. And her grandpa brought her by yesterday because he had to come drop by, and, and he brought her along. And it just filled my day with a smile for the rest of the day to see this child. There's just something about her I just really relate to. And if her grandma's listening to this, you know who I'm talking about. You know, the title of our podcast is Hummingbird. That wasn't an accident. And that's also why we're talking about joy today, because the hummingbird is a symbol of joy. When you talked about that, how joy can be fleeting, it made me think of the hover of the hummingbird and how striking it is. I looked up, why do hummingbirds hover? They said that hummingbirds would generally fly into someone's face because they're curious or they're investigating a situation, that they're very inquisitive about what's going on. But anytime a hummingbird has covered in my vicinity, I, I feel it changes me for that moment. It stops time. It alters space something inside of me shifts because it pauses and it seems to be looking at me and we connect. So I love that word that you used relationship, because I think that at the heart of joy is relationship and it can be relationship to self, to the work that you're doing, to other people, to nature, to all sorts of different things. If we extend that idea of the hummingbird a little bit further, they fly around from flower to flower seeking the nectar. They look for what's good in the flower, just like we are going to fly around and look for what's good in life. Some other things that I thought were really interesting and related is that the hummingbird can also fly long distances to reach a destination. Sometimes there are going to be stretches where it feels like a long distance before we get to that point where we can pause, we can hover, we can soak in the moment and connect and have that joy. The hummingbird's flight can remind us how to be adaptable and accept the changes. Did you know they're the only birds that can fly backwards? Speaking of adaptable. No. So yeah, so let's unpack that a little bit. <laughs> what would that look like if we use that as a metaphor here in our conversation? Well, adaptability, that's what made me think of it when you said it, that they can come in, that's not for me, and they can fly backwards and change direction very quickly. Maybe it's got to do with, it's okay to say no. It's okay to change your mind, which I think for many of us, that's a very difficult thing. I have coaching clients, I often would say no is a complete sentence because for many years I had the same problem. And not only would I have difficulty saying no, but I had to give 101 reasons why I was saying no. And it always ended up making me feel like a victim or the other person had to apologize to me. No is perfectly okay. No, I, I can't do that. I'm not for me. And I think that's kind of what the hummingbird teaches us. We can fly our own path. Yeah. And, and I think over the next you know year, as we explore through the creativity, through this podcast, I'd also like for us to continue exploring hummingbirds throughout that way too, because it is such an important bird across many cultures and nations, even among different indigenous nations. It's, it's an important symbol and the lessons and the teachings that we can get are amazing. Last a meeting recently, there was that story I told in our episode zero about the flight of the hummingbird and that was used at the opening and we were relating it to th these times again and that importance of even size not mattering. So even the size of the hummingbird, we can learn from that. I, I learned about the wings and I wanted to tell you a little bit about the wings because you had just mentioned about the flight and moving forwards and backwards. Birds' wings move in the pattern of a figure eight, which is also the ancient symbol of continuity. And it's also uh, the Métis symbol is, is the infinity symbol. 
I thought that was really interesting. And I want to learn more about that. I like that idea of being connected to eternity and infinity. And maybe that's why it feels like time stops when a hummingbird hovers. It feels like when I'm having a moment of joy, it also feels like time stops. It feels like I'm connected to something greater than this moment within infinity. What you were saying there made me think of, um, I think I shared the story about picking up the book, The Artist's Way at the airport when I was on a business trip. Did we do this on the podcast or it was just you and I talking? I'm kind of lost and I'm losing that now. I picked up this book. It literally fell at my feet. So I decided I'd better buy it. And I was reading it on the plane. The, the word you said about being entitled to it. There was something in the first chapter about we are entitled to be creative. Why would we think we weren't? And there was some huge permission in that for me, that connection in that moment. But there was huge joy for me in that moment too, that permission and that recognition of a belief that I'd had that was holding me back, that didn't have to hold me back anymore. So that was a joy-filled moment for me, as difficult as it was. There was something about changing course, as the hummingbird does, that I was able to do in that moment that quickly. I'm not sure what you were saying that brought that up for me, but there was something in there that made me think of that in that moment. Well, no, and I'm glad that you did, because for me, when you were talking there, it brought out the important piece of there is a spiritual connection, no matter what someone's belief system mm -hmm. is, there is a spiritual connection somehow within the feeling of joy. It's a spiritual mm -hmm. word, as is creativity for many people. Yeah. It has its origin in spirituality. And I, there's a Rumi quote that I quite like that he explains joy. When you do things from your soul, you feel a river moving in you a joy. Do you find that that's what it's like for you? Yeah. And I can feel the difference between when I'm just doing it from my head versus when I go deeper with it. And I agree with you. We all have a different belief in spirituality. And sometimes it's just simply your own spirit that some people believe in that who I am, who I, in this moment, this is it, this is me, but it's connecting to that deeper thing that that's running through you that brings you the joy and is the source of your creativity. So perhaps that's why we decided to talk about joy because it's a source of creativity or creativity is a source of joy. They kind of, that figure eight, right? They go together and it just keeps going back and forth. I love how this- And relationship too. I come back to that idea of relationship and the focus that comes in the process of engaging in things that bring us joy. Mm -hmm. just so that we can put ourselves in those experiences that we can find joy out within our day because it does fill us up. So what brings you joy? Being outside in nature, that's the number one thing for me. I live in a place where I can walk by the ocean every day. I always joke that the dog is my best personal trainer because he makes me get outside. And yesterday morning, this was a joy-filled moment for me. We were walking along the edge of the cliffs and this huge bird came towards us and usually it's an eagle here this did not have a white head or a tail and i could but it was the size of an eagle and i watched it and it gradually drifted over probably curious about the dog and went right over the top of us and it was close enough that i could see it was an eagle but it had different markings and it was just such a moment of connection with this animal this bird that went over me. i came home i looked it up it was a young eagle it was a yearling it was there's just something about knowing that and knowing that I was connected in that moment. That brought me a lot of joy. I like sharing my art. I like watching the waves. I'll sit on the deck or look out the window and just watch the patterns in the water. And another one that I wrote down was that I love silly puns and one-liners, clever one-liners that make me laugh. But the real joy comes from the sharing of that laughter. If it was just me on my own, it wouldn't be as much fun. 
we have a couple that we're friends with and he's got the most hilarious sense of humor and he just comes up with these crazy things and he just throws them out there and it's the moment of sharing it is the real joy for me. The other day, he and I were kind of riffing off of each other and his wife finally turned to me. She says, oh my goodness. She says, you guys are like Laurel and Hardy. Will you just stop, you know? <laughs> but it was the the connection that was made in that that was fun for me. What about you? What brings you? Yeah. Well, and I agree with you about the laughter. I think that that one is is really important. And sometimes I can get laughing so hard, I get dizzy. That's when I'm really feeling it, um, when it just, it's that overwhelming emotion, you know, we can feel an overwhelming sense of fear or sadness, just like we can feel an overwhelming sense of joy. And that happens for me sometimes when I'm laughing and certainly working with children, there's something to laugh about every day. There's always, there's, they've always got me giggling. There's one, one little guy who keeps telling me the same joke sometimes three times a day. And he says, what kind of cheese is not your cheese? And I'll say, I don't know. And then I'll say his name. And it's, you know, let's just say it's Tommy, Tommy's cheese. And he says, nope, nacho cheese. (laughs) It's such a, you know, ubiquitous joke out there that I've heard a million times, but just seeing the way his face lights up when he tells it to me for the hundredth time is it's pretty funny. And so that's my favorite part of the joy is that relationship through laughter with the with the children at work. Uh, painting, I love the mindfulness that comes through painting. I don't want any pressure with having to pay attention to craft. It's just being focused on one thing, having silence, it calms my mind. I can feel everything just starting to relax, almost like a meditation for me. And so I find that body and mind calmness is important for me in order to feel joy. That when I'm all uptight and stressed out from work, it's very hard to shift from stress to joy. Having those mindful activities that help reset and rebalance the body, I find help open up that opportunity. I love to sing. And what I love about singing is I, I you know, people who, who live around here, I've, one of the songs that, that I've done that I often requested to sing is an Ava Cassidy version of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Uh, so check it out if you haven't heard it before. It's a beautiful version of that song. When I'm in that song, I feel like I, I embody the feeling of the song. That is music is such an easy way I find that every time that you can just let go of everything and move into a different feeling and move into a different space. I'm very kinesthetic. And so I like expressing things. I'm not a dancer, mind you, but the painting, the singing, it helps me to connect through through my body. So like you, like you mentioned, walking by the ocean, I walk by Lake Ontario. That's one that I, I love to do. And then I find found I've had some some hard days lately. It's I've been quiet a lot of time home alone there back in January. When I think about joy and what brings me joy, I have to sometimes think about the steps I need to take to get closer to it. And when I'm in those spaces where things are a little bit harder and the times are going differently than I had expected, finding that way to connect to gratitude really helps open the windows to clear the air, to let joy to come in. You talked about it was difficult to feel joy when you're feeling up tight. And I totally agree with you. And I'm thinking that maybe laughter, painting, walks, all of those things help us dispel that stress, that tightness that we feel in our body. And maybe it's a good way for us to 
reach joy. I know it's a good way for me to get into my creative space because I have to get, I have to be relaxed to do that too. If I'm uptight, there's no point even coming into the studio. It's just a good day to clean the studio if that happens, right? There's something about finding the quiet space, finding and allowing your body to kind of settle in to find the joy and the creativity and, and those moments of magic that we're looking for. Yeah, we're going to talk about some of those and do that too. And in, in one of our, I think our next episode, we're going to give some practical tips on how to be more creative. And maybe we ought to add into it how to create the conditions to be open for joy. Maybe that'd be a good place for it too. Oh, yes. Let's write that one down. I like yeah. that. So I, I went online and posted a question. It was just a quick Facebook post that just said to my friends, I have a question for you this morning. What brings you joy? And in four hours, there were 54 comments. So this is something people like to think about and to share about. We thought that we would we would talk a little bit about how we've learned from others about what brings them joy and have a bit of a conversation. A lot of it was around relationships. That was a big piece that came through is friends and family. And pets. And pets. Absolutely. And being face to face and a real longing to get together and to gather with people. I'm seeing, you know, my sisters and brothers happy. I'm seeing my husband happy, seeing my wife happy, my children's faces and seeing them smile, hearing their laughter. My family, students, there were some educators on, the, on there. More of seeing my kids happy, snuggling with my dog or cat, grandchildren, the purring of a cat, the walking of the little dogs and watching how their feet move like deer in the snow, sometimes walking in the sun with your family and your dogs. So there was definitely this idea of the importance of connecting to other people really came through in terms of, of how other people are seeing joy. And I've shared the list with you there, April. Is there anything else that pops out to you when you, when you have a look at that? Well, a lot of what we were talking about, I mean, the relationship, and I see that family, friends, and, and pets, which makes me think that's probably a big reason why there was such a big run on pets during the pandemic. But I also see nature, which was something we talked about earlier, and movement. There's one here that really caught my eye, Bangra dancing to Celtic music in the Yukon wilderness. We have Bangra dancers here in Nova Scotia that are, every once in a while they show up on our local CBC because they invite people to come. They haven't been able to do it since the COVID, but they invite people to come and dance, do this Bangra dancing with them. So joyful, it's amazing. There's a lot of commonalities. When I look down through this list, it's walking and dancing and golf and nature and people. And it's not things. That's the big thing that stands out. Nothing about this is about things. It's about nobody says, oh, because I have a bigger BMW or because, you know, my house was 3,000 square feet now and it used to be 2,000 square feet. There's nothing about that in here. I don't think it would have been any different pre-COVID or post-COVID. I think when people get real about what makes them happy, it's not the things, it's the experiences and the people around them. Creativity, mm -hmm. creating something that's part of that experience. And I think sharing it, because I one of the things that brings me joy is when I can share my art, that's the relationship piece of it. To me, it's all tied together. I just, I love this list when you're looking at it. What, what's not on there is just as important as what's on there. I agree completely. And I think that when I look at this and I was, I was watching it roll in, what I loved is as people were commenting, other people were pressing like and love. There was, there was people were seeing themselves in other people's comments. 
And that was really neat too. And they were people that I know don't know each other. So it was, it was a neat thing to collect, but I just want to come back to, I might have gotten cut off there a little bit just with the, the bandwidth because your, your face froze there for a moment. Uh, but I wanted to just about this Gertie Pander in the Yukon, cause anybody can, can watch him. He, he is one of my favorites. And I was so glad that a friend had posted this and I even posted on my Facebook page, one of his videos, but he posts a video a day on social media of him dancing in the most beautiful locations then he's bringing in other people to join him and whenever it shows up in my news feed it truly feels to me like it is that hummingbird arriving and I have to stop everything I do I'm doing and I just have to watch he has said you know through his social media that his his rationale for doing this is his his intention is to bring people joy that that's what he wants to do through it. So I'm also curious to know if anybody who's listening, because uh, we'll, we'll probably re- need to return to this topic again. But if you know of other people like that, who are spreading joy in their own little ways, that's something that we want to talk about through our Hummingbird podcast is shining a light on those, those people who are taking on this work, because we need to do more of it. The research does show that you can pass it from one person to another, just like you can pass on your anxiety and your anger from one person to another. You can also spread joy. There was a really interesting article, and I think I saw this before we moved here, so I don't even know where you'd find it now, about how they could measure if one household was a happy household, the houses on either side of them, there was a knock-on effect to that. It made them happier. I don't know how that worked or anything else, but we're connected in ways we don't understand. And that's probably one of them. The other thing I thought was your friend Gurdip here. If our intention when we create anything is to bring joy, wow. I mean, that's how we can change the world. And everybody talks about the very negative attitude or, or feeling that can be on social media these days. If we have set an intention to bring joy, maybe we can turn that around. I'm thinking my husband cooks a meal for me. His intention is to bring joy. That, that's what he wants to do. He wants me to enjoy that meal and, and I want him to know that I enjoy it. And so that's the part of the relationship and all of that. But there's something about setting an intention to bring joy. Wow, that feels really powerful to me, Jessica, in here. They're not really sure where I'm going with that, but I, I think it's an important piece of what we're doing. I really like, yeah, absolutely. Right. And the more I think about it, I, yes, this hummingbird can be a symbol and a representation of joy, but we can also look for the hummingbirds in our lives and we can become the hummingbird. That's the invitation here is how do you notice the hummingbird and other people? And how do you become that yourself? What does that look like for you? The other thing I'm thinking about is music came up a lot throughout the comments as well. And do you find, do you have a song that when you listen to it, that it can shift your mood? Oh yeah. Happy by Pharrell Williams. That song, I put that on and I just want to dance. I want to smile. I just, I love that song. I don't think I could play it too much for me to hear it. And so music is is really a wonderful way to to create joy. And there's there's actually a lot of research on this. And you've probably like the the biggest research is just around, I think around people with Alzheimer's using it to access memory and to wake them up and to bring them back to a time when they experience different things. And then it, it opens up those pathways. I think that's just so interesting for me right now. My favorite song that gets me moving is it's 
called Keys to the Kingdom. It's by an, an African musician, I believe. And it's on Beyonce's Black is King album. So Beyonce worked with a number of different artists to do a video album. And it's on the Disney Network. And it is phenomenal. And it's called Black is King. And she's taken the story of the Lion King and retold it through popular style music using like a music video approach. And I've watched it numerous times. I find it completely fascinating. And there's this one song toward the end called Keys to the Kingdom that every time I hear it, I just want to start dancing and it's just so happy. And I put it on in the car a lot, sometimes on repeat when I'm driving home from work. Again, just to help me shift out of a space Mm -hmm. if I'm finding it was a particularly challenging day. Because we all have those days, no no matter where we are. Which I guess brings us to our playlist here. Do you think we're ready for that or is there more to to explore? I think we're ready for it. Okay. Well, I I put on there an article from Psychology Today about music, emotions, and pleasure and how they intermingle to create joy. There's also, when you go on Apple Music or Spotify, I love that they have these mood playlists. So you can just like today, I think I was listening to one called Mood Lifter. I found one called Songs in the Key of Joy. And yes, your your song Happy is on there. Um, that's one of the, you know, in the top three or four songs there. So I go find your own like literal music playlist and put it together so that you have that music to make you happy and, and help shift things to again, open the doors so that you can receive joy. And then, you know, you and I've talked about Brene Brown before. We're both such great fans. One of her books, The Gifts of Imperfection, I just loved because sometimes we get caught up in the positivity of joy. I like that she looks at this through a way of embracing our vulnerabilities to live a wholehearted life. That that is really important to think about joy as one piece of a wholehearted life. Mm. It's not the, the whole life. And uh, I liked that. And then, of course, a link to Gurdip Pander on YouTube uh, or social media. You can check him out. I follow him on Twitter. Just enjoy every time it pops up. I'll I'll be checking him out. A couple of things that I've added to the list was a book. It's called The Almanac, A-W-E Manac. It's Jill Badonsky. And she's a creativity coach and she's just the wildest questions and really gets you thinking, but it's all in a spirit of joy. And that's what made me think of her when we were talking about this today. So I'm going to put a link to her website and how you can find some more of her work. She's an artist, has a a lovely approach to life. And then the other one is, if you're not feeling so joyful, there is a book by Sharon Sonaf called Art Journals and Creative Healing. It's it's a good place to start. I would recommend anybody work through art journals and you don't have to be an artist to do them. It's really just a place to express yourself and maybe get some of that stuff out of you that might be standing in the way of your joy, some of the stresses and things like that, or to dive deeper into the things that do give you joy. What's on our next episode, Jessica? It is How Do We Stay Creative? I'm Whoa, looking forward yeah. to all you can teach me about that. <laughs> I know when I put the, the question out into social media, that was one of the big things that people asked me back. What would you like us to talk about? It was how do we stay creative? So hoping to bring some real practical stuff to that next week for some people that are, they like to listen, but they also want to do a bit. Till next week. 
Hi, Aprilie here. Just wrapping up our podcast episode this week. I wanted to ask you, where do you find your joy? We're really curious about that. What creative relationships, creative activities gift you with those moments of joy? There is a huge link between creativity and joy, which is why we chose this topic. So we want to invite you to leave a comment on this show page at the hummingbirdpodcast.com and help spread the joy. You can find more podcast episodes and today's playlist at thehummingbirdpodcast.com. And you can learn more about our creative work at our individual websites. So you can learn more about me, Jessica, at sunshineinajar.com and more about April at aprilyjanes.com, A-P-R-I-L-L-E-J-A-N is in November, E-S.com. If you have any hummingbird questions for us to explore, we invite you to let us know. At thehummingbirdpodcast.com.